0: Welcome to the FE Research Podcast with Jo and Alistair, a podcast that aims to shine a light on the practitioner inquiry, scholarship and research being carried out within further education.
1: That's why I talk about self-care, you know, there's a time you realise it's becoming a bit too much, then we need to allow time to stop a little bit, yeah. you know? and I learned the hard way because I always think, yes, I need to push it through, you know, I need to just carry on. But I realised actually it's okay, you know, it's all okay to pause, it's okay to stop for a bit and then just give yourself some time to think about it, particularly in current situation with yeah. pandemic, you know.
0: Hello and welcome to the FE Research Podcast. My name is Joe Fletcher Saxon and my partner in crime is...
2: It's Alistair Smith. Hello Joe. how are you?
0: I'm good, how are you?
2: Uh, not too bad now, thank you.
0: So, nice sunny day today, but we are now back at work. Are you? Well, I am. Are you? Yes,
2: yes. Dod- dodging, uh, dodging the COVID with a few working from home days yes. and uh, in and out of college as well.
0: Okay, so, well, we're back um, with somebody who's got in touch to be on the podcast and she's taken up the challenge that Holly did, um, which is the seven things in seven minutes challenge. So today with us, we've got Joyce Yihue Chen. I hope I've said your name correctly. Yeah, Joyce Yihue Chen. Say hello,
1: Joyce. Hello, everybody. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome.
0: And um, I'm going to read a bit about you, Joyce, if that's okay. And before you start your seven minute challenge so you can get yourself geared up in this time. Okay, to do the seven things in seven minutes. Okay, so Joyce is from Taiwan. She settled in the UK in 2003. We don't know what brought her here to Taiwan actually, she didn't say. Maybe it was romance, we don't know. Um, Her official job title is Learning and Quality Practitioner but basically she calls herself an educator and a lifelong learner. Her job involves quality and organizational development in teaching, learning and assessment in a big FE college. She. Uh, is a lecturer, course director on teacher education as well. Um, And she's been doing all of this more than, I think 20 years now. Lots of other experiences, lots of other age groups as well, things like teaching ESOL. We were also thrilled to see you're on the Sunset Programme. Yay, so another Sunset, another Sunset Ranger. That's our our nickname for people on the Sunset Programme. Okay, so I I think that's enough of a bio about you. I know you're here to tell us about um, your well it's now doctoral studies because you've just upgraded haven't you to doctoral level yeah. um all around the issue of joint practice development I believe is that right yeah yeah she's nodding I know I don't know why I'm doing that so people are obviously on a podcast cannot see that Joyce is nodding at me but she is nodding at me okay so the way this works then is Alistair's going to make some kind of you know really high-tech sound to indicate that your <laughs> seven minutes is beginning and you just go for it, Joyce, and we'll ring a bell when the seven minutes ends. Is that okay?
1: Okay. Yes. I need to run around and get warming up now.
0: Yeah. You get, yeah. Get the adrenaline going. Right, Alice, you can prepare your.
2: Yeah. No That's... pressure, but the but the last time we did this, the participant was within within about three seconds of the seven minutes. Had it absolutely perfect. So, how close can you get to the to the seven minutes, Joyce? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Okay, but what we're really interested in, of course, is uh, about your research, so we shall ring the bell and let you go. Okay, here we go, ready?
1: Right, hello. Uh, My research title is Working Together, Further Education Teachers' Experiences of Using Joint Practice Development as a Model of Collaborative Inquiry and Professional Learning. So number one, what is my research? My thesis focuses on exploring and finding out the experiences of further education teachers when engaging with JPD as a way of collaborative professional learning. But this also includes my experience as a facilitator as well as multiple roles I play within the organization. Number two, why is it important? I think it all started from my own reflection after returning to work for my maternity leave. And I was quite new to the teaching, learning and assessment quality role. After an external inspection, which brought on support and challenge visits and reinspection, I questioned myself with the same question Biesta asked in 2007. He asked, why what works won't work? in relation to engaging with colleagues in professional development. At the same time, in 2017, Frank Caulfield wrote a book, said, uh, Will Leopard Change Its Sports? So that book came out and in his book, he actually mentioned that JPD is proving to be a major advance in professional learning over teachers sharing practice, which may not change what they do in classrooms. Instead, they jointly evaluate their practice in order to develop it. So similar claims were made by uh, Fielding et al. and Hargreaves back in 2005 and 2011, 12, but they were all based on school settings. And most important of all, there aren't any concrete examples or case studies of exactly what JPD looks like, You know how JPD is implemented or what does it actually done in practice. And I always believe that you can't tell people what it's like. You need to experience it yourself. And once people experience it, they will value it more. Okay. So number three, so who are involved? Well, there are three words I can summarize it is context, context and context. JPD is not new. So I went back to my own experience in search of why I'm so passionate passionate about JPD. However, I'm very cautious and everybody needs to be cautious when anybody claim a model. So I need to emphasize that JPD is not a magic solution or a staff development training package which you can just take it off the shelf and just roll it out. There are many such claims out in different names. So to me, JPD is definitely not a quick fix. It needs to be considered carefully, thoughtfully, and also in the context of who, how, where and when. So my participants are all vocational teachers in Further Education College, who I never worked with when I started my uh, role as a learning and quality practitioner. It was not straightforward at all when trying to engage with curriculum areas, which I had no prior knowledge whatsoever. So in JPD, the first and most important step is creating the right condition Um, So what does it mean by right conditions and whose condition and what conditions? These are all very important questions we have to ask. So I think it's very important to consider the context first. Number four, where did I first hear about JPD? Well, it was back in 2012, my very first practitioner-led action research project via Learning and Skills Improvement Service. And that was the first I heard about it. You know, so I think that that was way back and number five, how is it going? I think many researchers, particularly practitioner led action researchers would describe doing research as messy. And it has been really messy, particularly we are in this global pandemic and it really makes it challenging for anyone to engage with study at the moment. Number six, what now? Well, due to pandemic, I have to adapt and change my first stage of data collection. So I need to be mindful of what participants are going through at the moment. It's really important to remember self-care, care for others, they're always the priority, okay? And number seven, what next? I'm very excited to say that I'm taking my field study, as Joe just said and announced for me, I'm taking it forward to the doctorate level but I know there's a lot of work to be done. I'm very excited, but equally very nervous about it because I know there's so much work that needs to be done and it never really ends with joint practice development because for me, it's a way of working and and also philosophy of le- living, really. you know, So it's not actually a model as such, although it's in my title says a model, but when you look into it, it's actually more than a model and so on. <laughs> I think I've done it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's
0: fantastic. fantastic. I
2: to
1: tell
0: people what was happening there. Alistair was holding up a timer, but I thought it was going the other way. I thought it was counting down. And when you held up three minutes, I thought Joyce had three minutes left, but it was the other way. <laughs> that threw me. Completely threw me. <laughs> She,
1: well talking, done. I, swear. I, thought, I thought no I'm running out of time <laughs> yeah. well done. Well done. Wow you packed absolutely
0: loads in there fantastic um so I'll pick up on a few bits you said I think lots of people have talked about messy research particularly David Powell from Huddersfield University when he was um on the podcast with us he talks about you know research is messy it's not that really easy linear um pathway through you know you do yeah. your literature research etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah it's messy no. um, oh you mentioned frank caulfield there. Uh, yeah. did you get his literature to read when you started sunset i think that seems to be a rite of
1: passage everybody yes obviously um because this book you know well lepers the spot only came out exactly the time when i started my uh, my in-field study. So obviously, I prior to that, I read a lot of his works. You know, his work was, you know, obviously it's all part of teacher training and it's so important. It's one of under reading this. So when his book came out, you know, I thought I got to read it. And funny enough, I think I got the book first before many people. So I brought that book to the residential in Sunderland. And, uh, you know, Maggie and the team, they were like, oh, we got this book. (laughs) So, you know, I was very excited about it. And the great thing is, it's not very big, you know, so I could actually read it. And I still go back to read it. And then it's sort of, I don't know how to describe it because when I saw the word JPD appear in a book, I thought JPD, Um, but straight away, you know, I'm thinking, but, but how do I do JPD? You know, it doesn't really tell me about it. And again, you know, this is a question why I'm I'm really passionate. I'm almost like, I, I just love doing practitioner research because for me, yes, theories are very important. You know, we need to read literature. You know, we, we need to go back to read what people say. But when I'm a, a teacher, you know, I need to know, you know, so how do I do it? What does it look like in practice? So when I decided to go with JPD, to be honest, you know, when I first started it, I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I I, I think I chose the wrong direction. This is totally not right, you know, and I was really struggling because as I said, the context, you know, what, where I was in and it took me three years, you know, literally three years, kind of just started something very small. And again, you know, for me, I I need to try it out. I need to see what it's like, and particularly with my role, you know, in the organization. So I thought I need to put it in practice. And as you know, there's no one model, you know, there's no one cycle to describe what JPD is. There's quite a few people talking about it, but to be honest, only if you actually started thinking about it, planning it, doing it, you realize it's going to be different with different people. It's going to be different in different organizations. So that's what I was trying to explain. Now, I'm very careful about it, you know, and I know there are always noises, you know, when I went out and talk about it and there are people saying, Oh JPD doesn't work, you know, it's just not gonna work. And I say, okay, but why is it not working? You know, so if you say it's not working, I need to know as well. I need to find out about it. So I think, again, you know, doing practitioner-led research, you know, the key is we are putting into practice. We reflect on it. We bring it back to theorize it again, you know, so it's it's that kind of putting theories in practice and then based on the practice, we then bring it back to inform the theory again. Mm. So I think, you know, that is part of, I think that's part of the almost like addiction, you know, like addiction that I'm, I really enjoy doing it now. And I think the beginning was really hard. You know, I I, I won't deny that, you know, it okay. was really challenging.
0: Well while while you're talking about that bit, one of the one of the questions we do like to ask everybody is what would be your tips, your top tips for somebody starting out on a research journey in the workplace?
1: Well I think looking back, um, I would say it's a it's quite a complex situation you know and I think quite a few people I've spoken to agree because firstly you need to also consider that you know your organization it would be good they support you you know so that is the whole point about sunset you know because the first thing they ask is you need to ask for your organization to to support you but equally on the flip side is once you are on board once you start doing the research you you need to be careful in terms of the ethics and ethical consideration Mm -hmm. because that is the part i kind of miss out really because i'm an insider researcher and i'm in a very complex role so what i need to do is i before i jump into it you know i think people tend to forget although it's called action research it doesn't mean you have to quickly jump into action you know (laughs) and that is what i learned the hard way because 12 years ago when i first did the first action research i was just literally jumped into it i thought this is what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna push it i'm gonna do it but i forget about the whole ethical you know ethical consideration i know it sounds awful but But that's what I learned, you know, I need to think carefully and I need to communicate with different people, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'll just give an example, like my project, you know, I had to plan very carefully because I need to consider the participant situation. I need to consider the managers in that faculty where the participants I'm working with. Yeah. You know so it 's not about me doing the research I'm I need to bring the participant with me together, and not only the participant as well as the people who they are working with so I think very often you know when we talk about ancient research, I think this layer tends to be i don 't know it 's not very clear you know it 's not really it 's very abstract you know again in any books you read. So only when I started, you know, my Enfield study, you know, I spent a lot of time reading a lot of books about insider research, you know, and thinking about word-based research as well. You know, any books about word-based research is really useful because we really have to consider, you know, that kind of subtlety, you know, and to balance, you know, your role in the organization. Because what I don't want to end up with is to, to do any harm to anyone, you know? So again, that's going back to the ethical considerations. So I think my advice to anybody who are doing kind of work-based research or practitioner based research is, I think really spend time, you know, thinking, planning, talking to people who have done this research before, you know, learning from experience, but also exchange, you know, any kind of concerns you have questions you have, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to end up, which I have heard is people doing some of the research, they either become, how do I describe it, they become totally disheartened, yeah. you know, and totally put off by, you know, what they, they intend to do, but they don't get support from, mm-hmm. from either their managers or workplace or they left it altogether, you know, like they literally left the research or even left the organization. You know, I think this is not the, I don't think that's the intention of practitioner-led research. It's all about, we want to make our workplace better. You know, we want to make working in the further education sector better, you know, enjoyable, and then we want to stay, you know, forever. (laughs) So I think, um, yeah, I think, it, I think maybe I'm a little bit idealistic about it. But looking back, that's why I stay on this, this research, you know, and there were several points I wanted to leave. And I think it was not just my personal, you know, personal uh, feelings about it, but it's the wider picture. But I realized, you know, I need to balance it. You know, again, you know, as a, as a researcher, research that's why I talk about self-care. You know, th- th- there's a time you realize it's becoming a bit too much, then we need to allow time to stop a little bit, you yeah. know. And I learned the hard way because I always think, yes, I need to push it through, you know, I need to just carry on. But I realized actually it's okay, you know, it's all le- okay to pause. It's okay to stop for a bit and then just give yourself some time to think about it, particularly in current situation with yeah. pandemic, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, as I explain, you know, at at the current stage, you know, I have to put something on hold, particularly with my participants, because oh. I know there's high anxiety at the moment, you know, it's, it's the new start of the year, and as we know, the new start of the year is always quite stressful anyway, you know, and this year's, you know, I don't know what is the word to describe it, it's just way... Yeah
0: you know about taking a pause etc. I think we should mention and maybe get a photograph to put out um, of your beautiful origami that you do as a kind of mindfulness activity don't you and you've done that in the workplace is that
1: right? Yes yeah I did that actually and funny enough although it's not directly about teaching learning assessment you know I think TOA becomes a little bit like about everything really for me that activity I know There's a lot of thinking behind it, really, you know, because although secretly is a little bit part of what I enjoy, you know, what I love. Mm -hmm. But I realized that behind it is about getting people together and pause for a moment, you know, just pause and then just concentrate on making this heart, you know, just concentrate on making this heart. And we do it together, you know, and virtually. And they all created it on a Padlet page, actually. You know, I, I asked them to upload their their creation on the Padlet page. And I think overwhelmingly, there are so many people, not just lecturers, they are support staff, you know, managers and, you know, different levels of people joining in. And I think what they told me was, you know, they found it, interestingly they found it very therapeutic and they found the whole idea of doing it really makes them feel I don't know feel better you know they feel like they can focus on what they are doing and they forget about what is around them for a bit and you know that currently there's a lot of research particularly Jennifer did the research about you know creative she came on the podcast yeah 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 you know I I follow her a lot and I was just amazed really and I think think going back to to, to origami I think everyone has a role to play to look after each other you know in this difficult time and actually it's not just in the pandemic it's everyday life and I think to me you know going back to JPD it's not just about teaching learning assessment only you know there are all the other factors involved it's about treating each other as a human being, you know, at an equal stance, you know, and it's about learning from each other. It's about how we can benefit our students by exchanging our ideas, testing them out, and have time to talk to to each other, to reflect. I think that was really highlighted from the findings I received, you know, they they just felt they benefited from having this space and I say safe space Mm. to talk to each other without feeling that, you know, they've been judged by this framework or tick boxes, you know, have you done this, done this. It's all about actually, you know, what we are doing. We know what we are doing because we are professionals, you know, we've been teaching and we have been working with our students. We understand the context of our students. And okay, if it's not working, how can we make better? And how can we move on? So the whole thing is is also looking after each other's wellbeing as well, you know? Yeah. I think that is something underlining it. And obviously, you know, I'm still carrying on my project, so I can't really say for sure. But I think there's a lot of this kind of thinking um, and philosophical thinking that makes me realize why i'm still here you know and why i'm still working with the college together and again importantly it's about respecting each other's perspective you know it's all about perspective but it's very easy to say it but it's really hard to do yeah yeah um it sounds like
0: you you've got to a place with your understanding and your practice with joint practice development that is supportive, it's it's people feel confident and safe working with you. Um, and that yeah, supporting well-being. And that's not often some we often talk about that separately, don't we? Well-being here, professional development here. So it brings the two together.
2: It's all exactly. it's all very integral in that, and that's really nice to um to hear about, Joyce. Um, you're saying kind of about some of the, the feedback you've had on the well-being aspect of it, but I'm interested to know. Um, how the the staff that you've worked with have um, kind of felt from the work that you've done with them in the workplace have they kind of uh, carried on this because you talked about in your um, seven things about it being a kind of constantly evolving um, uh, kind of project as it you know kind of a way of life and a philosophy so how how have they taken to that and, and what's their kind of take on it
1: Well, if I just give you one example, um, and as I say, JPD is nothing new, and in some cases, they already exist in their own community, you know, so for me, it's really just joining in to find out about, you know, what is happening already but with my involvement, don't forget, you know, when I first started, I was an outsider. I think I'm still to some extent an outsider, you know, there's no, there's no kind of definite boundary about that, as you know, because we are constantly, you know, going in and out that kind of territory really. So from what I gather at the moment during lock, you know, during lockdown, you know, just give you an example, a, a participant I've been working with, you know, Um, I learned so much from this participant, you know, very good with technology, you know, digital tool and I actually learned from this participant about using a specific tool. I won't go into the details, you know. So this person actually then started engaging with other colleagues, you know, to help them to learn about this tool and then to help them with some of the questions and the problems they have. And I also involve this person to our team, you know, to show us, you know, how this tool works and so on. And suddenly, you know, that kind of that kind of confidence and 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 that kind of almost organic, bottom-up kind of, how do I describe it? That this kind of culture coming out of it. You know? So it's not somebody telling him or her what to do. You know, this person just naturally, you know, started to to, to kind of engage with, you know, colleagues together, you know, so it's not in isolation and still going on at the moment, actually. But funny enough, I'm sure this participant would would say, oh, Joyce, it's your fault, you know. (laughs) Now I got all these invites, (laughs) you know, asking me to help. So I think it's, yeah, and I was so, I was so, Proud, you know, I was like so proud of this person, I was so glad, you know, and, and you could see that, you know, it is kind of growing, you know, growing and it was nurtured, you know, together. So rather than somebody telling the team, you need to use this tool, and go and do it, you know, and then, you know, if you don't do it, you know, it is a real problem. So it's not like that. It's it's they actually finding out, okay, okay, you know, during the lockdown, was very good feedback from the students, so there was evidence, you know, from the students and there was evidence from the teachers who tried it out and then now they established together, you know, and it's also cross campuses as well, as far as I know. So although these data, you know, I didn't ask for it, but I'm I'm an observer, you see, so I'm observing what's going on, you know, and I as I say, you know, this time of the year, they are so stressed out and so busy, you know, so I'm very careful that sometimes you need to step back a little bit, you know, because again, again, you know, people need the space and time to breathe and time to develop. And then um, I will obviously later on, you know, when things and the, the term is settled down a little bit, hopefully, you know, then I can catch up with the participants, you know, just to, again, reflection, you know, let's talk about what's happening. Mm Um, so so yeah,
0: let's just say what you mentioned there is culture actually. Mm. So it sounds like your research is rippling out and having a very subtle and soft
1: effect and changing the culture. Mm. Would you say? Yeah. I, I think, I think it's still early days, you know, I I think, you know, I'm very, again, I always go back to, I'm very careful, I think it's probably my personality, you know, I'm very careful, you know, because again, you know, um, that culture needs trust, you know, needs constant nurture you know yeah. so you, you, you can't just stop you know it's, it's not a, a day or two you can you can just say oh yeah that's it you know we built the culture now <laughs> so I think it requires that constant nurturing and you have to keep going back to revisit it mm. and you build on it day by day you know and again I talk about the trust you know I think throughout my project you know I also wrote about couple of critical incidents hmm. where I knew I've done something wrong you know I think I said something wrong and again that's part of it it's okay because it's part of me being in that situation as a facilitator hmm. and also my complex role you know I got so many you know hats on so I have to be very careful so you know through that and you know, I realize you know sometimes you feel like you're a step further you know like one step further two steps back talking about dancing, you know, so you realize, you know, there are times when things may not go according to plans. Mm. You have to rebuild it, you know, but I I think it's about being honest about it. And funny enough, the other day um, in my review, you know, I was very grateful. This person said, is this kind of authenticity, you know? It's re- it's not very easy, you know. How can you stay authentic when you are at work? Um, I don't know the answers yet, and I need to do a bit more reading about it because I was recommended by a book, bu- um, uh, an author by Kate Duffy. Oh, yeah. So I never heard of Kate Duffy, so I'm gonna have a look. <laughs> you know. So I think it's, you know, it, it, it's about you know. Sometimes I need. I just need to start and and reflect on that. And then I I need to start, I need to start talking as well. Sometimes, you know, I need to listen carefully. (laughs) (laughs) It's not very easy sometimes being a teacher. On that
0: note then, on that note, Joyce. (laughs)
2: I've I've got to squeeze in really quickly with this one. I was listening to Joyce there and um, I almost reached for my pad and wrote down all of the kind of words that had those really human qualities in there, you know, talking about, um trust and nurture and the development and the and the kind of understanding and and just the the kind of um empathy that seems to come through in a lot of your work um and i think it was it was really interesting listening to that and i'm sure that that kind of now i've pointed that out listening listening back through the podcast you pick out some of those words and it's really nice to see those links together um because it it talks more and you said about the people so it was really nice to listen to those things and and pick out that part because um you know asking about impact that that's really it isn't it it's a personal thing
1: yeah yeah again you know what impact yeah who's impact yeah by what
2: (laughs) even small changes change isn't it joe yeah
1: absolutely
0: right well look joyce we've come to the end thank you so much (laughs) You completely smashed the uh seven things in seven minutes challenge, so well done you I think you did it in five i think <laughs> I think it's just i totally you know got panicked thinking oh my goodness, I ran out of time <laughs> <laughs> thank you for um the conversation today um good luck as you begin this this big step up now into this the doctoral phase really isn't it so anything for you, from you Alistair? you're going to say some.
2: I no I'm, I'm just thinking that this, this could be a future revisit I think as we kind of uh, come back and see how you're getting on with things Joyce yeah. and it's been really enjoyable to um, to listen to you today so I haven't spoken much I'm a bit croaky and <laughs> not been very well so um I will let Joe do all the talking on this occasion but thank you ever so much for joining us um it's been really nice thank
1: you so much you know and, and I really enjoy the talk you know and uh, thanks for having me yes thank you
0: right we say goodbye here but don't disappear but we say goodbye in podcast world and then we say goodbye to you separately i'm letting all the secrets out so (laughs) bye everyone bye Bye. Bye.
2: you've been listening to the fe research podcast you can follow the conversations on twitter using the hashtag fe research podcast thanks for listening and hopefully you can join us again soon